Today with me, I have on the podcast Joe Turner. He is a senior at Emerson College and a active member of the Boston comedy scene. Um, today, I'm going to talk to him about his interest in comedy and where he kind of got started and what his style is and how he comes up with these jokes. And hopefully by the end of it, he'll teach me how to make one of these jokes. So Joe, do you mind introducing yourself to everyone? Not at all. Hi, I'm Joe Turner. Happy to be here. I'm a senior at Emerson College. Uh, I'm from the DC area, which is uh, where I got my start uh, doing shows in and around uh, DC, Northern Virginia. And uh, when I moved here, I started doing some shows here in Boston. I've been uh, the president of Emerson's Comedy Club for uh, almost two years now. And I'm now uh, the executive producer for the comedy special that uh, Emerson Channel does every semester. So, uh, Do you perform elsewhere outside of Emerson? Yeah, absolutely. There's lots of uh, open mics in the Boston area that you can go to, mostly at, uh, at bars. And how, I guess, how has that helped you? Well, uh, I mean, it's, it's provided an outlet for me uh, as far as creativity and writing is concerned. Because uh, when I got to this school, that was really all I did. And uh, I do more now. I've like written some sketch and written some, uh, some spec scripts for like TV shows. But when I got here, it was basically... It was all stand up, which is is literally just you know you write you write a joke and it's just you you go up on stage and then you figure it out. It's helped me figure out like what my brand comedically is, but it also has helped me figure out who I am as a person because you kind of explore yourself in the process. Speaking of exploring yourself, would you do you mind telling me kind of your your origin story in comedy, if one could say? Sure. Well, I I've always loved comedy. Uh, when I was a kid, I was a funny kid because uh, I was I was kind of ugly, so I wanted people to look at me. So being funny helped, and that was how I made friends. And that was that was kind of what made me popular at my school was uh, was being the funny kid. And then I started to listen to comedy albums uh, when I was a teenager. I would like always just watch Comedy Central like every night in in my house. I would just be watching The Daily Show and The Colbert Report. Integrating schools may sound benign, but what's the use of living in a gated community if my kids go to school and get poor all over them? And then in uh, in high school, I started uh, performing. I started uh, going out when I was 17. I would go out to bars in dc it just i was just fucking i was just a kid i'm not sure if i'm allowed to curse i was just a kid and uh it was probably so weird for people to see me out there uh you know just trying to tell jokes uh being like this pimple-faced you know young guy when all these guys are like 30 and they have beards and you know stuff like that and, and who, who are some of your big influences my first comic i ever really liked is kind of a controversial one was uh was bo burnham you want a guy that's sweet, a guy that's tough, a feminist who likes to pay for stuff, the kind of guy that gets along with your friends without being attracted to any of them. Because uh, I was like, I think 12, and I saw him on YouTube, and I thought, well, if he can do it, I can do it. And after him, 
I, I will I like start watching uh, interviews with him and other comics, and I, I realized that some of his influences were people like George Carlin and uh, Bill Hicks, and I got really into them. And then as I got older, I got into uh, John Mulaney and Mike Birbiglia and Doug Stanhope and Dave Chappelle, people like that. I was once, I'll tell you this, I was writing for an awards show once and I got into some trouble. I wrote a joke for this awards show that had the word midget in it. And someone from the network came down to our offices and he said to me, hey, you can't put the word midget on TV. And I said, I sure would like to. <laughs> and he said, no, midget is as bad as the N-word. They're observational. And what, what drew you to observational comedy? It was just, well, I guess, I guess that's how I started was, uh, I mean, that's how you make a joke. And from my experiences, you just, you observe something that is kind of odd about a situation and you explore that idea. And sometimes people really like it. You're just literally saying something that everybody knows, but because of the way you're saying it, it's enjoyable. And that has always really interested me. Uh, Would you say that observationalism is a fairly common form of comedy? Yeah, so it really, it could go anyway. And yeah, that's why you have to try it so many times. Place before Jerry Seinfeld. You're thinking, I might like to do nothing myself. (laughs) Well, let me tell you, doing nothing is not as easy as it looks. People uh, in the 80s, you know, like um, Hicks, Bill Hicks and uh, Sam Kinison, they were like operating on pure just energy and charisma and they were they were just these big huge characters of people who would like yell and scream and they had these big opinions about the world and they were they were observing things but it was through the lens of themselves you know it was like i feel this way i i am the person giving these opinions they're my opinions and i don't care if you share them it's just how i feel Uh, and jerry seinfeld when he got into it it was more like isn't this something we all can agree on like it was it was something that it was it was very universal and i think but when he when he started with that stuff it kind of broke the mold a little bit because everybody started to feel a little bit like him and it it made it easier to connect so how how do you think what make what's makes a comic it's not good but what helps them then in this kind of sea of comedians that are coming from the jerry seinfeld school of thought how what sets each person apart and what, how do you try to set yourself apart from that? Well, that's really tough. I think that that's something I'm still figuring out, uh, given I'm, I'm only, I guess I'm five years in at this point, which is um, considerable in comparison to some other comics. But uh, at the same time, it's almost nothing. But uh, I would say it, it really it is your your personality and who you are. Because when you see a show of really good comics... You can tell the best ones and the ones that are going to do really well because they're their own person. And you can see in their jokes that they that they are themselves purely and simply. And there's like nothing else really about it. Like that there's no one really influencing them and that, that, that they are, I don't know, that they're, they themselves are almost like pure content, which is a weird, I guess, weird way to put it. But I, I mean, it's like you're unique. That's the best way to sell yourself is to be unique um could you give me some examples of some of your jokes sure um well one of the ways that i stay unique is uh i've had some some experiences that not a lot of people have had uh like um like i I used to be morbidly obese 
And now I'm not, which is a strange experience and one that not many people can talk about. But I'm lucky to have had it because, you know, it gives me an opportunity to kind of set myself apart by, uh, by virtue of my experiences. And uh, because we don't know me, actually, I used to weigh uh, 250 pounds. So I've clearly done a lot of work so I can look like this. And uh, I have to say, you know, it's not worth it. <laughs> you are considering losing weight. Don't bother. I went to the gym every day for two years to look like this, like a normal guy. I was supposed to be ripped by now. If this is an experience that's only happened to you or very specific to yourself, how do you get people to relate to it? They don't have to relate. Like you, that's kind of the whole reason that open mics are so important is that you have a chance to kind of give people a rough draft of what your thoughts are and see how they react. Well, what's one that always knocks them dead? Um, I have this joke about, uh, yeah, I have this joke about uh, when, when friends ask you for dating advice, it's tough because um, you want to comfort them, but sometimes they're not wrong. You know, they're like, I'm so ugly. How am I going to get a date? And you got to be like, hey, <laughs> um, I don't, I'm your friend. I don't know. I'm here for you. <laughs> like, um, you'll meet somebody, which is technically true. That's a good one. Um, yeah. So like, um, when do you know that it's, do you base your feelings on your jokes solely on the reactions of the crowd? Or do you, like, how often would you trust them over your own opinion? Uh, it varies wildly. Sometimes I write a joke and I'm like, this joke is definitely good. It's like perfect. And then I go out on stage and I get nothing. And I'm like, I was wrong. <laughs> I'm dumb. And uh, conversely, sometimes I will have a joke where I'm like, whatever. I don't know if this is going to work. And then it does fantastic. It's amazing. And I'm like, I hate the audience tonight. I hate them. How dare they think this is good? What, what sort of persona? What's your... Because I know every comedian, they have their own sort of shtick that they do. What's your what's your shtick? I'm just me. <laughs> I'm like, uh, isn't it weird? Isn't this weird that we're all here? What a strange thing, huh? We're all going to die. Kind of like that. So kind of like the awkward... It's a weird it's a weird experience to be doing stand up. That's how I feel about it. So the whole time I'm up there, I'm like, this is so strange that I have a microphone and people are listening to me, but I'm happy to be here. Wouldn't you say one of your biggest comedic uh achievements is? Um I've let's see, I uh I opened for um Eugene Merman. That's pretty good, right? I, I I've never heard. I'm not oh, well versed in comedy, so I don't know who. You that don't even is, but... know what a good answer that was. I I did a spot at the comedy studio uh, in Somerville, and uh, Eugene Merman uh, dropped in at the end of the show. He does the voice of Gene on Bob's Burgers. I hope it's Annie Leibovitz. I want to be pregnant and painted like Demi Moore. The, the whole premise of this podcast, as you know, is that it's called How to Funny. Um, I'm not very funny. Or I'm, or I'm not. I don't think the way that you like. I might make a, a joke and get some laughs every now and then, but I don't think in the way that you or other comedians think in being able to craft a joke and being able to know that you're funny. Um, and so I kind of want to learn how to do, how to do different styles of comedy, how to be, how to be funny, how to how to funny. 
so, yeah. And um, so along with kind of learning about you and learning about your connection to comedy and your, I guess, yeah, your, what, you, what sort of comedy you do and the, the ethos behind it and whatnot is for you to now teach me how to make an observational joke. Well, uh, this is, I don't know how to tell you this. It's kind of a tall order. I, it's a weird, I just spent like 10 minutes explaining to you how tough it is and how you take, you take a joke and then you go out again and again and again and again. And it sucks every time and then eventually it's good. But, uh, we can try. Sure. I'll try. Yeah. I'm down. Okay. Yeah. Well, first, I guess you got to take, uh, an observation uh that is unique to yourself something that you noticed that you found strange that you thought might be funny um okay i'll do so something that i noticed for an example is i noticed that uh it seems like when people get mugged a lot of the times they go i've got kids which i always find strange uh because it's not like muggers have like some sort of respect for responsible parenting you know like they're not like, oh, well, he's got kids. I won't kill him now. It's like, <laughs> it's a, it's a criminal. <laughs> he doesn't care. Um, so that's something that I noticed that was kind of funny, but I I haven't really written it out. I guess we could kind of talk about it because that's how you write is you just kind of you you talk about the different ways that something could be funny. So let's see something that I think is kind of funny about it is that. It's like, well, maybe I guess I could never say that unless I had kids. So like here. Okay, so I could format the joke like this. I could say like, I want to have kids just so that if I ever get mugged, I have something cool to say or some, or I don't know. I, um, cause what would I, like, what would I say now? I guess like, I'm not responsible. You know, I'd be like, oh, please, please don't. I have a book report. I have. I have student loans. I'm supposed to call my mom tomorrow. Actually, you know what? Kill me. <laughs> like if I <laughs> if I had all those responsibilities. You know what? That's kind of the weird thing is that muggers. This is how the writing process works. I'm hundred percent. That's oh, that's what's weird. Now that I think about it, is that if anything, if I had a kid and I were getting mugged, I would be like, I have kids. Kill me, please. I don't want. I don't want to live. How how many times do you do like let's I'm imagining you writing down this joke on a piece of paper and then crumbling the piece of paper and throwing it. How many of those do you throw out per ones that you keep? Uh, if I write a whole page of jokes, I will pro one joke will be good, one joke, and then I can like write I can take that joke and write about it for like a page you know like have different ideas like the mugging thing like different ideas for like what is funny about that premise and then if i already know that the premise is funny then like three maybe maybe if i'm lucky three of the jokes that i make about that premise will be funny well here why don't i try to make a joke for you now sure what's something yeah yeah, yeah. um well growing up i played football i did a lot of organized sports and whatnot um and one of the things that was a common, I guess, punishment, let's say if you showed up late to practice, um, well, the be beginning of every football practice, they would make, we get there 
and there was this big hill and these big uh, burly men who were living their dreams through their kids. They'd stand in front of us and they'd go, okay, run to the hill and back. That's your warm up. And then, but if you were late, they'd make you do it twice. And imagine, so imagine, and I was like, I played from when I was like five until like middle school. Um, so imagine like, especially before you go through puberty, these like small kids in huge shoulder, the shoulder pads were ridiculous. And the helmets, they look ridiculously big, especially on some of the kids that were really tiny. Yeah. <laughs> and then you make you run up this hill and the amount of the chubby kids that would just roll down the hill. Because uh, they'd trip, because they'd go down, they wouldn't go that way, so they would, they would just run straight down and trip, and then everyone would kind of fall over. But the funny thing is that they'd make you do it twice. They'd make you go back around and then do it again if you showed up late. And when you're, tw- when you're like there's a six year old kid or whatever, you have no way of getting there other than your parents, right? Yeah, so really or your it. nanny or whatever, whoever is watching you. Right, they should so make your parents. They should make your parents do it. <laughs> they they should have made my my father or my mother run up and down that hill, which they wouldn't do. But because it's kind of, I mean, depending on the situation, sometimes it's just the speed of their driving, or even let's say the traffic happened. Yeah, it's something that's totally out of your control as a six year old boy. With all of that unpacked information. What would you focus on for like a joke? Um, okay, yeah, I would, I would maybe write a punchline about, I would write a punchline about the lateness policy, the, uh, the way that they, they like think that that's how you relate to children is like, well, you make them beat the shit out of each other. And that's how they learn to, (laughs) to be seven years old. (laughs) That's, that's how you, (laughs) like, I guess, I guess that, uh, maybe something about that, um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's like it's not. Some you could probably you could also do something with uh, your personal experience with the like one win at the very end. Also, like being in the worst team, that's always good. You could focus on that because uh, that's that's classic. I mean, everybody. I think everybody has an experience like that. Um, I had one. Can I tell you yeah. one? Yeah. I I played basketball in middle school and I was on the bad team and we had this award thing at the end and we were all getting like a little individual awards for like what we did for the team, like what, how, (laughs) how we contributed. And the coach was going down the line and then he gets to me, he goes, and Joe, you know, if when, no matter what was going on on that court, we could always count on Joe. You could ask him and he would know exactly what the score was. (laughs) And I was like, (laughs) All right. And this happened too. I was like, you know what? I sh- I'm glad I'm gone. I'm done with this. <laughs> How does it feel giving notes to about comedy? Like do you cuz I know like some the whole kind of concept about learning comedy from someone is a little weird cuz it's it's as if like you're either funny or you're not sort of mentality and that's the, especially with Emerson's comedy major, a lot of people's criticism with that is like you're funny or you're not. Like how is that like I don't, I don't agree with that ideology. Like I, I feel like you can, okay, here's, here's what it is. I don't think that you can teach being funny, which is why my job is so hard right here. But I do think, I do think that you can learn to be funny because being funny is an inherent and uh, personal trait that 
it, it comes from within and like from your characteristics and like who you are. So like every you know everybody has like a different sense of humor and like different ways that they are funny. So it's all about figuring out what works for you. So like when I give you notes, it's like me being like, okay, this is what I think is funny. This, these are the things that, that I appreciate and think are, are good for humor, but totally different, right? That's totally different from what you might, uh, I think is funny and what you might want to focus on. So I think that it's really just a skill that you kind of teach yourself and you can learn from watching other people, but only because it informs your own personal opinion of it. So what do you think? Do you think I have potential? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you be honest. Yeah, I think you have potential. <laughs> I think everybody has potential. Yeah? Yeah. You. Yeah, I mean, you interviewed a nice guy for this, so I'm going to say yes. <laughs> you can interview someone else and they might say no. So I, yeah. I'll point you in the direction of someone who might do that. I, I, I'd love that. I I'd love to roast there, me. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot who would love the chance because... Because comics, a lot of them are assholes. <laughs> well, Miss Muffet sat on a tuffet. Eating a curds and whey. Long came a spidey, sat down beside he said, Hey, what's in the bowl, bitch? Oh! They just, that's how they're funny. That's how a lot of people are funny is by being mean. And hey, fair enough. <laughs> that's not my style, man. Um... A possibility of where this podcast might eventually go is me, an episode which me going and doing a set or me doing like an open mic, whatever. I don't know if that's going to happen yet or not, but that might be probably the last episode or whatever. Yeah. Um, so what, what tips do you have? Mm-hmm. How, how do you get five minutes? Like because um, five minutes doesn't sound like a lot of time, but, but I'm sure it's like how do you, how do you fill that space? How, like how much of it do you um do you do just jokes versus um just kind of like segue into jo- do you plan out your entire set or do you just kind of roll with the punches what's the and so you have your you have your your jokes written and whatnot how do you practice work on your jo- cuz to get 5 minutes of material together it's probably going to take you like i don't know i mean like at least three writing sessions of like an hour each. Honestly, I'm a slow writer. Like, so that would, if I wanted a five minutes that I was really proud of, yeah, I would do that. And, um, it's really just, just throwing it against the wall and seeing what sticks. You just got to go over and over again. And that's why you need so much time to flesh out your jokes. Uh, so there's that I would say, uh, I would say maybe, do as soon as you can write out all your thoughts and maybe try them on a friend. See how your friend feels about. You can try it on me, and uh, you can see how I feel about uh, those different jokes about what I think you might want to focus on. So that might help, and maybe watch them stand up. I, uh, you ever hear this one? Uh, is it racist if it's true? That always makes me like, oh, huh. not necessarily. But you probably are. <laughs> You're grasping at straws like that. Like, is this racist? What about this? I say this, that race? Like, almost definitely yes. <laughs> yes. Like, I know it's racist because no one has ever quoted black-on-black crime statistics and followed it up with, can't we all just get along? Right. Um, I almost never write segues on that subject. I, you should write them, because otherwise the audience is like, what? 
But like, I only write them like for the show when I'm like getting my best five minutes together, or, like whatever it might be. And I'm like, okay, well, how do I, how do I finagle this material about politics into dating? And I just like, uh, I'll figure it out. So I just like write a line. So it's very, it's very brief. Uh, a good way to do that is you just write a bunch of jokes in the same vein, like a bunch of stuff about dating, a bunch of stuff about politics. And then you just, they just kind of naturally go together. You don't need segues because people are just like, oh yeah, those are all the same thing. Um, so that's, that's one uh, piece of advice I would give, uh, really it's all up to you. It's totally your deal. Like some people they're up there for like five minutes straight, just doing one liners. It's just boom. I have this thing to say, Oh, this is completely unrelated. I'm going to say this. Oh, now I'm back on this subject. Like it's like totally random and that works for some people. Um, some people just do a, one story for five whole minutes. And like that's totally valid too. You know, it's really whatever whatever works for you. Whatever floats your boat. Um, I practice in the shower sometimes. I'll like say the joke to myself and try to figure out like new ways to say it or new new uh, additional lines to add that could also be funny. Um, practice on friends. I'll tell the friends the joke. I'll be like, "What do you think of this? What what can I maybe add to this? What you know." what might work or how does this relate to other stuff, you know, stuff like that. Um, but it's mostly just practice, practice on stage because, because that's the best practice you can get. Well, I guess kind of to end this off, I'm going to tell you a joke and then you kind of give me your final thoughts and then we'll kind of end it there. Does that sound good? Um, so something you said earlier about the basketball awards kind of reminded me similar just because of I'm on the, the sports topic right now because that was a big part of my life and whatnot. Um, uh, one year, I forget, I don't remember how old I was, but so one year football, we'd have the same thing. We'd have a awards dinner night, and it would be held at the. It would be like a big budget production. First of all, it was held at the Marriott. Um, you paid for your seat and like your plate and whatnot, like a food. Um, and so every like there'd be like MVP, um, best this, best that, whatever. And it'd be for every team. Like in the in the Belmore Merrick area, because we'd play other towns too, but those were like the Belmore Merrick was um they were those two groups were kind of like those two towns because they were small enough were lumped together. Um and so one year I won most improved. And I thought that wow, that's really cool. I won the most improved award. I didn't at the time I didn't realize I was like the award that you give to the kid that's the worst player on the team. Kind of improved that um they did they they really they really they their heart was in the right place, they tried and but they just weren't good enough. They, they either rode the bench or they'd get five minutes to play. Or And as hard as they tried in practice or on the field, they just weren't good enough. But you got to throw them something. And then the next year, because I was like, oh, I won most improved. I'm, I, and I was like, oh, I'm so great. And then the next year comes award season time again. I don't win it. Some other kid wins it. I'm like, huh? I, I didn't win the most improved again? It was like, yeah, because... You didn't get any better from the year before, kid. <laughs> and this was like, my dad was like, kind of then explained to me, is like, you know, like they give that award to like a kid who just really needs it. And you didn't, you didn't need it this year. Like you were good, but, or you, you tried, but this kid just really showed himself. And my, well, my, my dad, at one point, my dad became one of the assistant coaches to kind of balance out the crazy. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't really think that joke was very funny. But or it was, but it just wasn't ha ha funny. I think that there's some 
there's some humor in it. I think uh, here's what I would say. Um, you only I don't think you really need to talk about the Marriott uh, too much because I think that it is. I think that that idea is funny with the most improved thing. Um, and I think you can just skip right to that and then, um, yeah. Most most of most of like editing is straight up just like cutting the lines that aren't funny and like figuring out how to get to the funny thing. So I would just say. Work on that. Work on um, trying to get to those two lines. The not like not only like so like you get the most improved and like you think that's good and then you realize oh like that just means I used to suck. So that's one punch. And then the second year you don't get it, which is what did you get an award? Did, no, I got nothing. You got nothing. <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> they were like you improved, and now that's it. Like you're you're mediocre. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's funny too. Yeah, so something about that. And yeah.
Ford? No, I got nothing. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you for sitting down and taking the time to talk to me. I know you're a very busy guy right now, but when's the next time you're performing? Where? Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Sure.